Well, good morning, good morning. It's that time of year again where we all write New Year's resolution just to start next week for the next three months. We'll start next week, start next week. Uh, if you're anything like my wife, uh, you know, you probably wrote down your resolutions probably like two weeks ago, right? Uh, she's an optimist, so she's like always got to sit down. She wants me to stare at her in her eyes and like, we've got to have this deep conversation. Goals, you know, 2023, and I'm sitting, sitting there like, okay, all right, honey, you do you, girl, you do you. You know, uh, or if you're a pessimist, if you're a pessimist in the room, you're probably thinking, like, there's no point in writing these goals. Like, it's just, this is dumb, you know. Uh, and if you're a realist like me, if you're a realist like me, you're just sitting back and you're looking at the optimist thinking, man, these people are really weird, you know. And then you're looking at the pessimist people thinking, like, those people have some serious issues. Like, they, they need help in life. But nonetheless, it is that time of year. And I look forward to many, many uh, New Year's resolutions that are fulfilled or delayed for months at a time. Uh, hey, uh, my name is Raul, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and I am very excited to be here with you guys uh, this morning. I'm privileged, as a matter of fact, uh, to, to be here Sunday morning, first Sunday of the year, and you guys are in church. That just means you guys have a free pass for the rest of the year. You guys can do whatever you guys want, and God is good with it. He confirmed with me backstage. Um, no, I, I really am excited for this morning. Uh, I really do believe that God has something special in store for every single one of us. Uh, regardless of where you find yourself on your spiritual journey or your relationship with Jesus, uh, I really, really believe that God has something special in store for us. Uh, I just think the only thing that stops that sometimes is you and I. It's our hearts, it's our mind that can prevent um, that from, or for, that can prevent us from receiving what God has uh, for us. And so can you guys join me in prayer so we can ask the Lord to just open up our hearts and minds? Uh, Father, thank you for being good to us. And Lord, certainly thank you for another um, year of life, for another day of life, Lord, for another morning that we woke up uh, with breath in our lungs, Lord, and we, we thank you for that, and Lord. And so right now in this moment, Father, God, we pray God, that you open up our hearts and minds to everything that you have for us this morning. Father, I know, God, that you, uh, Father, I know that you have little nuggets of truth, of encouragement, or even a, a challenge for every single person in this place this morning. And Lord, I just pray that you allow us to receive that in our hearts, in our minds, Lord. And so, God, we pray these things in your precious name, and we all say amen. And amen. Hey, if you guys have your Bibles with you, if you have your Bible app on your phone, feel free to turn to the book of Philippians, uh, chapter 3. We're going to be reading verses 12 through 14. Um, before I read, let me let you know a little bit of what's, what's happening here before we jump into the scripture. Uh, Paul is writing this letter to the church in Philippi. And as a matter of fact, um, this, this letter that he's writing, it's actually like, you know, there's other churches that Paul writes to that like they need to get their stuff together like they're just in complete chaos and they're doing all this stuff and so Paul writes them this letter uh, hoping that you know get them back on track or to correct some of the things they're doing uh, the church in Philippi at this point is actually doing pretty good like things are going good like smooth things are gravy like looking pretty good but Paul writes this letter to remind them of something to the hey keep like, keep your guard up, you know, because you guys know it's when things go smooth, when things are going well, that's usually the easiest time to let our guard down, right? And so Paul is, is encouraging them in this part of Scripture, is reminding them, hey, don't, 
I know things are going well, but don't put your, your, your hope or your trust in you, like meaning like your flesh. Like don't rely on your flesh to continue to get you through. Remember to focus on God and focus on what Jesus did on the cross and let that be your encouragement. And so Philippians 3 verses 12 through 14. And I am reading out of the message commentary this morning. Uh, I just really like the, the, the picture that this commentary uh, paints for us. And it just uses a verbiage that's very, very easy to understand for us. And so verses 12 through 14, it says this. This is Paul writing. I'm not saying that I have all of this together. Again, remember, he's writing, encouraging them, hey, focus on Jesus, focus on Jesus. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong, by no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal. I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I am off and running and I am not turning back. I am off and running and I am not turning back. Let me ask you this question. In 2023, what are you chasing? What are you chasing in 2023? What if I could give you a guarantee that no matter what you chased, no matter what goal you set forth, you would reach that goal, what goal would you set before you? What would you be chasing? Would it be something to do in your spiritual life? Would it be something to do, uh, maybe health, whatever it is, but what, what is it that you are chasing in 2023? I read this passage because I see, I see a couple sides of Paul in this passage that I, I think it's really encouraging. And I think some of, these, some of these things we could be encouraged and carry into 2023 so that we truly could make 2023 a good year regardless of what ends up happening in our life. The three sides that I see in Paul is this. The first thing, I see him being real. He's being honest. He, he, he writes, look, hey, I, I'm not saying that I have this figured out. I'm not saying that I, I'm the master or that I'm the expert or that I have it all uh, together. He, he's showing his vulnerability. He's being real with himself. He's being real with the church in Philippi. But I also see Paul focused. He's extremely focused on what? He's focused on God. He knows what he's after. He has his goal set and he is running after it with everything that he's got. And that in return, the third thing that I see is confident. He is confident. And I believe his confidence stems from his focus. When you know what you're chasing, when you know that you know that that is what you're chasing, that is where you are going, that gives you a sense of confidence to go after it. And there's a sense of nothing can stop me. And that's what I see and Paul, in this passage. And so what are you chasing? What are you chasing in 2023? And there's three things that I just want to share with you guys this, this morning. Three things that I really hope and pray that in our spiritual lives that we chase these three things in 2023 so that we could truly make 2023 a great year for all of us. And the first one is this. I hope that you chase, that we chase to get to know God better. 
to get to know God better. Now, whether you're sitting in this place and this is your first time in church and you don't even know if you believe in God, you don't even know if you believe in Jesus, if that's you, can I just, can I wholeheartedly say, like, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being here. Regardless of where you are on your journey, we're just happy that you're here. You're accepted here. You're, you're loved here. And we're just happy that you're here. But for those of you that have been walking with Christ for I've been walking with Christ longer than you've been born, son. I believe it. I believe it. For those of you that have had that kind of life experience, what are you chasing? What are you chasing? Or is chasing after God something that you did back in high school or back in your young adult years? What are you guys chasing? And I hope that we chase after God. I hope that we get to know him better, whether it's for the first time, or again and again and again. Do you guys know? You guys know that there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God, right? There's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. You see, God's desire for, our, for us, his desire isn't that we just get to learn more about God. That's not his desire for us. That is not his will, that we, that we just learn for the sake of learning more about him. That's not what it is. His desire is that we come and experience him each and every day. That we have a, uh, an encounter with Jesus. That is the desire that he has for us. And it's not just a, hey, let's have one experience back in, you know, middle school camp. Oh, yeah, I remember I had that experience and I got all these emotions. It's not just a one-time experience. His desire is that we're able to experience him Every single day. And we see proof of this in Luke 24. When Jesus appears to the disciples for the first time, believe it or not, it wasn't just Thomas that doubted. It was all the disciples. When he first appeared, all the disciples weren't sure. He, he, he went to the cross. He died. He came back and he appeared to them. And the disciples are sitting there thinking like, is this, is this really him? Like, is this, is this really Jesus? And Jesus tells him this in Luke 24. He says, look at my hands and my feet. Look, look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. And then he says this, touch me. Touch me and see. Touch me and see. See these hands? You see these hands? These are still the same hands. These are still the same hands that turned water into wine. These are, these are still the, the same hands that healed the blind. You see my feet? You see these feet? These, these are the same feet that you walked next to. These are the same feet that you followed. And then he says, touch, touch, come here. He makes an invitation to not just, don't just see from a distance, come here, come, touch, see. These hands, they might be scarred, but guess what? These hands still have things that they want to give you. These hands still want to feed you. These hands still have something new for you. You see these feet? These feels, we still got places to go. There's still places that God wants to take you. There's things that God wants to give you. That's his desire, that we experience him, experience him each and every single day in a new way. Because what God has for us next is always better than what we have now. So I hope that we chase after God and that we get to know God better. The second thing 
is this. I hope that we chase trusting God. Specifically, trusting God through hurt. Look, for 2023, I can promise you two things. And you guys know this already. Two things. One, you will have many moments of victory, of happiness, of joy, of feeling invincible. You will have many moments of, of, of just pure bliss. But two, you will also have moments of defeat, moments of sadness, moments where your anxiety might get the best of you. And you will also have moments where people that you trust and that you love will hurt you, will disappoint you, will let you down. And some of those things that happen to us there's some things that we're able to explain and there's some things that we can't explain. Like, if I'm being honest with you guys, and you guys might throw tomatoes at me for saying this, and I apologize, but I'm gonna say it, no shame. I don't know if I believe in everything happens for a reason. I don't know if I believe that. Like, like I, I, I do believe it, but like I don't believe it. Like, I don't believe it in the way that most people say it. Like, I just believe like some things happen because sometimes people are dumb. Like, just straight up. Like, have you guys ever seen those people? Have you guys ever seen those people that put their, their head inside the alligator's mouth? They're like, <laughs> you know, they're like, all right. If one of those, like, if an alligator, have you ever seen the videos of where, like, they actually clamp down the head? Woo! Just social media flags those real quick. If one of those guys loses an ear and they come to me, and they're like, yeah, Pastor Raul, you know what? Like, I just put my head inside of the alligator's mouth and the alligator chomped down and took my ear and I don't know, but everything happens for a reason, you know? Everything happens for a reason. I'd look at them straight up and be like, yeah, you're right. And you know what that reason is? Because you're dumb. Because you're dumb. Like, that's the reason. God didn't will this. Like, God didn't tell this alligator to, like, to ch chomp his ear. Like, no Mike Tyson alligators, okay? Like, that was no... Like, that's not God's will for our life. Like, it's just something's happened because people are dumb and people make mistakes. We're humans, all right? But I do believe in evil. But I do believe evil exists. And I do believe that evil sometimes captures people's hearts and, and people's minds. And, and so, therefore, that evil leads them to, to do things or to say things or to cause certain chaos and destruction in people's lives. And so, again, there will be things which we can explain that happened in 2023. And there will be things in which we cannot. We will not be able to have an explanation. But what I do know is this, that our hardest times in 2023 can also lead us to our biggest growth of 2023. And I say that because in 2 Corinthians, it tells us that when we are weak, that he is strong. That in our hardships, we are made strong. And again, if I'm being honest with you guys, like growing up in church, like I always heard that. And I, I always thought it was one of those like, you know, difficult times creates good character type of like saying and motivational thing. I, and that's just how I always understood that, uh, that scripture because it just it, it doesn't make logical sense. Like when, when things are tough, like that's when you're good. Like that's when God is good or that's when God is made, you know, strong when, when things are tough. And I never really understood it, but 
but, but I think in my life and in my heart, I think I've reconciled what it means to me. And, and, and it's this. When you come to the end of the road in your marriage, when your relationship, when your children run away from everything you've ever hoped and prayed for in their life, when your children want nothing to do with you or anything you taught them to believe, when your finances collapse, when your finances aren't enough to fix your issues, to fix your marriage, to fix your relationship with your parents, to fix your relationship with your kids, when you or your family receive the diagnosis that you have been dreading your entire life, when you get to that point, when push comes to shove, and you have nothing but a lap full of anxiety and depression and these emotions that you don't know what to do with. It's in those moments that God's made strong. It's in those moments that we're going to be made strong. Why? Why? Because it's in those moments that you and I realize that we can't produce the fix. It's in those moments that we realize we're not God. It's in that moment that we realize we need God, that we desperately need Jesus. And that place right there, that place, that place where we find ourselves needing Jesus, that specific place is the best place any one of us can be. It's the best place that you and I can find ourselves time after time after time again. If that's the place we live in day in, day out, guess what? You're going to be okay. When we so desperately need Jesus and we realize that. I remember I had that moment of realization. I mean, I've had a lot of those moments in my life where I've realized that I need Jesus and I continue to have those moments. But I remember one of the biggest moments of realization came back in 2015. I, I, my beautiful daughter, my firstborn daughter, was born. Her name's Camila. And she's, she's right here. She still sticks her tongue out at me, but for different reasons now. I remember being 26 years old and had this little baby and... I remember sitting there thinking, God, I need you. <laughs> God, you, I hope you're real, God. <laughs> I remember sitting there just like happy, nervous, excited. You guys, for those of you that have children, you, you know the feeling. And then she was born, and this sense of joy, right, was just there. Just like your life was forever changed. Like you'll never shower the same, you'll never sleep the same, you'll never even go to the bathroom the same, you know, like, but for some reason, for some reason, like, that joy is there, you know, even though your privacy is completely gone, you know, but you're like, woo, yeah, I'm be the best dad ever. But at the same time, at the same time, I remember this overwhelming sense of anxiety, just starting to build up, like, and it was small, but it was just this anxiety, it was this pressure of, of uh, that, that life, that human's life 
is literally in my hands right now. Literally, I am responsible for that life. And I think my anxiety was a little extra high because, see, a, a couple months before she was born, uh, we had discovered that there was some fluid buildup in, in her, one of her kidneys. And essentially what was happening was um, her, her urine or her kidney wasn't flushing out her urine. And so her urine would just stay in her kidney. And, and, and doctors found it, and then they reassured us, hey, this is actually pretty common, like, they're probably actually, she's probably going to actually just grow out of it. And so, but, you know, just to be safe, we'll put her on antibiotics uh, as soon as she's born. And so, okay, no problem. You know, I'm trusting, I'm trusting the doctors. And I remember she was born and all this happened. Great, great uh, joy in my life. And then the first fever came, first infection came and it was bad. We go to the hospital. She ended up, we ended up spending her first Christmas, her little Christmas, uh, in the hospital with, with IV um, on, her, on her arm. And so here we are. All right, God, okay, we're, we're going to trust you. We're going to trust you. We're going to trust you. And so she gets her, uh, her, her antibiotics. She gets better. A week or two goes by. Another fever back in the hospital. Gets better. Another fever back in the hospital. Gets better. Another fever back in this hospital. And I, I remember every single time that we had to go to the hospital at 2.30, 3 a.m. in the morning, this, this, this sense of, uh, of anxiety just keeps building inside of me, inside of my heart inside of my mind. It just gets there and I'm starting to lose my patience with God. I'm starting to lose my hope. I'm starting to think like, God, yo, what's up? Like, come on, man. I work at a church. I thought you and I were tight. Like, I thought me and you were cool. Like, what's going on? Like, I'm good. Like, are you good, God? Are you good? Because like, I'm good. I'm good. You know, and I remember sitting there thinking all this. And then there's this one time where her, her fever was just ridiculous. It was like 105 point like seven or something like that. And I'm sitting there desperate, desperate. By this point, she's not moving. She's not doing nothing. She's just there. She's just there. And I remember being at the hospital and the doctor comes over and I'm like, doctor, you, you got to do something. You got to do something. And the doctors, it, those fears are actually really normal for babies, you know? And I'm sitting there thinking like, I Google this. It ain't normal. And if it's on Google, I believe Google. Like, if it's on Google, it's right. And it's like, it's normal. And I don't care if it's normal, man. Like, fix it. You know, fix it right now. And they ended up telling us, you know what? It's actually, we're hoping it would just get fixed on its own. But it's not. And so we're going to have to go in and do a surgical procedure. But don't worry. It's a very common procedure. I don't care how common the procedure is, if you're a parent, you know that feeling of your daughter or your baby, your six-month-old baby is getting put under anesthesia and she's not there, like your anxiety goes up like that, right? And so I remember that day came and we take her and, and I remember them telling us before the surgery, okay, here's how it's going to work and there's this line on the floor and you cannot cross this line. And I remember sitting in the waiting room and just, no, nah, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. And, you know, me and God were not good at this point. We're like, we're, our relationship was severed at this point. And I remember sitting there and walking my baby over. I remember I got to that line looking down. And all I can think of was, God, please. God, please don't, don't make us do this. You see, I... I I worked in healthcare before, and what I know is that 
nothing is ever 100% okay. There's always that one chance. There's always that one chance, and I just remember as a dad thinking, God, please, please, please do not make us hand this baby over. And we did. And from that moment on, it was just God and the doctors. My wife, being the great Christian woman she was, she goes, sits in the waiting room and prays, and the great Christian guy that I was, I'm like, I'm out. Me and God need to go have a conversation. And I remember I ended up in my car, and I remember just starting to, I started having this wrestling match in my heart and in my mind, and I was angry. I was angry. I was upset. I was disappointed. I was let down. I, at myself, at my wife, at life, and at God. And I remember, which, which brings me to my third point, is this. The third thing that I hope we chase in 2023, I hope that we learn to wrestle with God. I hope that we learn to wrestle with God. I found myself in the car yelling at God, crying I was trying to be careful with the language I used. I hope I was successful. I'm not sure. Are we good? I think we're good. I, was, I found myself in this state of just being angry at God, and I just wanted him to know, and I threw everything I had at him. Every single emotion, every single tear was because of you, was because of you, God. You might be looking at me thinking like, what do you mean wrestle with God, Raul? Like, no, we don't wrestle with God. We don't, we don't mess with God. Can I remind you, in Genesis 18, Abraham wrestled with God. In Genesis 32, Jacob wrestled with God. In Matthew 15, the Canaanite woman who, was, who Jesus ignored and was sent away multiple times wrestled with God. And Paul himself, Paul himself in 2 Corinthians, pleading time after time after time with God, wrestling with God to remove a thorn or an issue or a problem that Paul has carried with him and he knows something wasn't right and God, I, I need you to take this from me. And it never was. But if I'm being honest with you, that moment, me in the car, changed my life forever. It changed my life forever. And it's not because my daughter's surgery went well. Thank God. It's not because her surgery went well, but it's because that was the moment that I learned to wrestle with God. And when we wrestle with God, it's in those moments that we're able to gain wisdom, we find perspective, and we find peace. Peace. Why peace? Because when you understand that God isn't afraid of your emotions, when you understand that God isn't afraid of how you feel, when, when you understand that God isn't afraid of in what condition you come to him, you realize that our God is not a God that's just off at a distance, just saying, hey, I'm over here. I hope things are going well. You will learn and you will understand that God is a God who is here right now that wants to walk with us every single step of the way. In other words, God is for us. God is for us. And I don't know about you, but the last time I checked Romans 8, it tells us that if God is for us, then who can be against us? So how do you wrestle with God? How do you wrestle with God? I know how I wrestle with him. I kick, I scream, I cry, I do air punches sometimes. We box it out sometimes. 
in the air? How do you wrestle with God? If I can share the most important piece, part for me in my wrestling with him is this. I do, I, I cry, I scream, I do all these things. But then at the end, the most important piece for me, I've learned to just, just stop. Just be quiet. You see, Scripture tells us that in the quiet and in the stillness is where we're able to find God and it's where God moves. In the quiet is where we're able to find perspective. Perspective on our situation, on our circumstances. In the stillness of our heart is where we're able to gain wisdom in the quiet and the stillness is where we find hope, where we find peace. It's where the fear of tomorrow goes to die. For me, at times, this state of quietness Sometimes it lasts 10 minutes and there's other times that it lasts several weeks. But I yell, I scream, I cry, but I always take time to listen. I always take time and allow God to speak to me. And the stillness and in the quiet is where you learn, where we learn, that no matter how good or how bad today might be, that what God has for you next is always best. How do you wrestle with God? Do you wrestle with him in a way that makes your today's problems or yesterday's problems you're just living today trying to make up for yesterday's problems. Is that how you wrestle with him? Or do you wrestle in a way that makes today's issues and circumstances the setup, his setup, to come in and show you what only he can do in your life? How do you wrestle with God? Can you join me in prayer? as we ask God to help us with this. Father, thank you for loving us and thank you for being good to us. And Lord, right now, I just pray that you allow us to take any little piece of truth, a little nugget of truth or a, a challenging thing or even an intellectual thing, Father, and, and Father, allow those little pieces, God, of your word to just sink to the depths of our hearts and in our minds, Lord. Father, as we go out and we enjoy the rest of our day, go eat lunch and watch football and hang out with family, Lord. Father, I just pray that you let those little pieces, God, 
just come back up before we go to sleep tonight, Lord. Allow your word to just keep working in our hearts and our mind throughout the day, Father, so that uh, before we, we fall asleep, God, so that we're, med- we're meditating on what you have for us. God, I pray for those, God, who need to either accept or extend forgiveness, God, in 2023. God, I pray that you give them that ability. Lord, I pray for broken relationships that need to be mended. I pray for understanding to prevail above all else, Lord. And Father, I pray that you keep guiding us, that you keep reminding us to keep chasing after you. And Father, we pray these things in your precious name. And we all say amen and amen. Guys, thank you guys so much for being here with us again. I hope you guys enjoy your week, and we'll see you guys next Sunday.